Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Why would we want company share prices to go up? Dallas. Thanks, Michael. Sounds like a silly question, doesn't it, really? <laughs> this, uh, the reason I got thinking about this the other day was, I've probably talked about this enough in different um, portions of different podcasts, but um, my parents were both full-time school teachers but also have a, a small cattle property of which you've been a, a guest and a, and a hard worker at times, Michael. <laughs> but we are talking about um, basically building up herd numbers uh, when it comes to cows and the theory being when you start out when you're young and you're starting out in the industry you want to build up cow herd numbers so realistically you know you might need a thousand cows to be able to uh, provide a, a, an income stream forever and a day that, mm. you, that you can sort of live off and that's sustainable and it can pay for all your expenses of your property and for you to live on and all those sorts of things so when it comes to, to that, if you're starting out and you own 100 cows and you want to get to the point where you own 1,000 cows, the last thing that you want is cattle prices to go up, mm. which it's sort of and, – and the reason why this probably – it seems strange, but when it comes to certain assets like that, we, we know that. It makes sense. I want 1,000 cows. I've got 100 The last thing I want is for the value of my 100 cows to go up because then that means I've got to buy – you know, nine lots of them at that increased price. What I really want is those prices to stay down while I keep accumulating, while I keep buying those cows. And then once I've got a 1,000 cows, I don't really care what the price does then. And so that's that's sort of part one of that, which is that while I'm accumulating, I want those, I don't want the, I don't want the prices to go up. The second part of it is even once I've accumulated my 1,000 cows, I don't actually care what, I don't care what those cows are valued at. I only care... What is the earning stream that can be provided from them? How many calves will they have each year? What can I sell the calves for? And what income stream does that provide me over the long term? And that's, that's probably a shift that I think for a lot of people is, is to think of, think of their superannuation or their retirement savings in that same way rather than thinking of it as a squiggly line on a piece of paper. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, so, of course, so in, of course any, right. in any other yeah. asset, yes. cows... Houses. Now, so houses. Here's a great buy, example. Yeah, for the lowest possible price. Yeah. Um, from a house, you can only derive an income stream anyway. Yes. The income stream isn't that good yep. when you strip everything out. That's beside the point. Yeah. You've got the example here. If you if you're accumulating ten houses for retirement, yeah. Um, you want to be able to buy in for as low as possible. Yeah. For those houses, yeah. you want rents to go up. Yep. You don't really care if the property prices go up no. too much. You want rents to go up after you've accumulated that 10th house. Yeah, People see see company share prices completely different. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I think I know the reason why. Why is that? <laughs> the I'd reason love, is, I'd love you to tell me. The reason is, there's a couple of reasons. The main reason, I think, is that it's reported to you on one piece of paper. Yep. Um, it's very price-focused. Yes. Because it looks at at not what the 
not how many shares you've accumulated in those companies. Yep. You get your superannuation statement and it shows you, what does it show you? It shows the opening balance at the start of January and the closing balance at the end of that period. Now, if the, the opening balance, if you looked at that from the 1st of January 2020 to the 30th of June 2020, you saw that go backwards. You saw the balance in dollar terms go backwards. If superannuation fund companies reported to you how many shares you actually own in those companies, you'd actually see that balance go up yes. over that period of time. In yeah. fact, it would it would it, it would spike up yeah. more so because the you've been able to buy more. You've been able to buy price. more at lower prices. Yeah. Um, so I think they've got it wrong in terms of what's reported. Yeah. It's very very easy to see a thousand cows. You yeah. Go and have a look. Well, that's it's very very easy to see ten houses. Yeah. Like that's tangible. Yes. What is not tangible is the little pieces of all these great companies that you can own via your superannuation fund. Um, and, and, and superannuation providers don't make it – they don't do themselves any favours because they report not, not number of shares that you own in those companies. They report account balance. Yes. Yep. And that's, that's exactly right. And that's, that is the first, uh, I guess, mental shift there is, is in that accumulation phase while you're building, if you're 10 years from retirement, don't think of it as um, – it's hard because there's no real other way to, to, to report it or to think of it as, you know, we talk about you might need $1.6 million to retire. What we really mean there is that you need to have accumulated enough assets at that point in time to, pro- to provide you the income stream that you need. Now mm. – if if that that point in time, um, if company prices have gone have gone through the roof and and they're at an unsustainably high level, that's not what you want. You don't want to have one point six million dollars in in theoretical um, superannuation balance at that point in time when the earnings of those companies can't support that. Mm. In the same way that. If that, if that balance dropped temporarily but the underlying assets that you own, those underlying companies were still just as valuable, it wouldn't actually impact you because the earnings is what spits out to you as a shareholder over the long term through your dividends, through those companies being reinvested in, and, and growing over time. It's really that earnings is what you what you spend throughout your retirement. Yeah, look, I, I, it, it is. And, um, yeah, a thousand cows are only going to, you know, um, provo- uh, produce so many calves, aren't yeah. they? If the if the if the price per care doubles, yes, overnight, yeah, it's a false sense of security. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I've got this much on paper. Yep. However, um, that's not going to that's not going to increase the birth rate. No, at that, all. That's right. Those. And if it on the other side of the coin, if it if it dropped to half of what it was normally worth. Then that's probably not going to affect the birth rate either. So no, that's that's exactly so, right. So yeah, yeah it, it's it's one of those things. It, it's just a, it's it's um, I think it's human nature as well that where people it's very very hard to understand because of the lack of uh, is it tangibleness or tangibility? Yes. What's that <laughs> word? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but you, you're the right. tangible factor of yeah. of companies yeah. is 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 opaque it's so yeah it's so intangible yeah because it comes and, to you on the one same whereas houses are tangible cows are tangible things I, like that are I tangible think that ties into as you said if if you got a if you got a statement uh every year from your superannuation provider that said you know you you own um two percent of a supermarket 
for example. That's the equivalent of Woolworth shares that you own. You own 2% of one supermarket. Mm. You'd kind of go, gee, that's pretty good. Like, I go mm. to the supermarket all the time. That's a fair bit. And if in five years' time they said, hey, great news, you now own 4% of one supermarket, you'd yeah. go, that's fantastic. Like I'm, I'm accumulating more of this asset that's, that's going to make that profit every year. It's going to go and do the work for me when I'm retired. We can sort of, <laughs> we then get it. It's at more, like you say, tangibility or tangible, yeah, whatever that, that <laughs> word is that we're looking for. But that's how we, your super fund's never going to do that for you, but that's how, that's how we should all be thinking of accumulating assets for our retirement is that it doesn't actually, it doesn't matter what prices do in the short term. And in fact, if anything, we actually want those prices to, to stay down while we're still buying shares. Mm. And when we talk about that, what we mean is, you know, fortnightly having money going into your super fund, you're, you are accumulating these assets every fortnight. So we want those prices to stay down uh, while we're accumulating. And then even when we're retired, we don't really even, we shouldn't really care what the share prices of those companies do. We should only care that I own a portion of these 200 best companies in Australia and the 1,500 biggest companies around the world and they're all selling iPhones and, you know, digging things out of the ground and they're, you know, building new supermarkets and they're, mm. you know, bringing out new product lines. They're doing all these things to, to increase their earnings over the long term and as the shareholder, you get to share in those earnings. It, it doesn't matter if you turn on the TV tomorrow and there's a talking head there saying, hey, NAB shares are down 6% today or anything like that. That sort of stuff, we really need to tune that completely out. Yeah, and I like the example that you use. You, know, you own 1% of one supermarket, you own 2% of one supermarket. You know, as, you, as you're accumulating more and more, yeah. you know, it might come to the point where you own 5% of one supermarket by the time you've retired. Yeah. Um, and you, you don't care if the price of those supermarkets fluctuates. Yes. You, you you know that people have to come back yep. next day. Yeah, they're still going to buy groceries. It doesn't, I yeah. mean, in Australia, we only have to shut a supermarket for one day before it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's chaos. It looks like a Boxing Day sale, <laughs> sale the next day. People panic yeah. and... Yeah. And, um, yeah. and that's, you know, that's they, exactly right. They, 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 they're coming back. They're yes. definitely coming back. And, and the same thing applies, I think, on a... We intuitively get that when it comes to... you know, Not everyone obviously has the same connection to cattle, but... With houses, you know, if, if someone said twenty years ago, okay, my retirement plan is that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna accumulate ten houses fully paid off by the time I retire. Now, we've done other podcasts too, but that's probably not the greatest plan to in, in to be able to provide the income stream that you need, but it's very tangible. It's very easy to see where am I stacking up. If I've got twenty years to go, I need to buy a house every two years and I need to you know, I need to do that. So if house prices go up and I can't afford to buy a house this year, that doesn't help me get towards my retirement goal. Even though the houses that I already own going up in price, you know, that makes me feel better temporarily. It doesn't actually help me to accumulate those assets. And that's the separation of, I think, those two parts that you just talked about. When it comes to property, we know that if someone's paying me $400 a week in rent, that's, that's the key. That's the tangible thing. If, if I've got these houses, that's what I'm going to live on. They're paying that rent every week. I actually don't really care what the property value does week to week or even year to year. No, well, I think I think the way you pitched that then was perfect because you're, you're accumulating towards your retirement. You've set yourself a goal, yeah, um, of ten houses for retirement. Now you, you're going to be dirty as the house prices start to go up, yes, because you know you can only accumulate eight 
houses yes. instead of ten. Yep. Um, so you only get rent from eight houses instead of ten because yep. of the fact that the prices went up. Yeah. And that's the way to think about. That's the way to think about the great quality companies of Australia and the world. Yeah. While 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 there's volatility going on, while prices are flat, while prices are down on any given year, that is a really really good time to um, continue to accumulate to ramp up your accumulation if you can. Yeah. What do people do? They do the opposite. Yeah, they, generally they speaking, <laughs> so they sell yeah. at the wrong or time, they or they stop their salary sacrifice. Yeah. And again, um, that's, they, they, that's, that's, you can understand yeah. why because the, you get a statement from your super provider. You go, I've been putting all this money into super and now I've got less. It, it mm. feels like I've got less than I had six months ago. Mm. But you don't have less. You have well, the look, same the, amount of The way it's reported, it's as if that money actually disappeared in the thin air. Yeah. I had half a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. I've put in $10,000 yep. uh, over the course of six months. I've only have $490,000. That $10,000 disappeared in the thin air. Yeah. And then some. Um, what they need to show you, and this is, I've had this as a bugbear with superannuation providers for, for forever. They actually need to show you the shares that you've purchased. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Your shareholdings have grown yeah. Yeah. over that period of time. What, like it, it ties on to what we've discussed before about, um, you know, it's, it's not enough to just have your balance go up every year. Mm. You really need to go, okay, how much... How many shares in these great companies or in whatever asset class you're choosing, whether it's cows or houses mm. or you know, companies, how much of this do I need to accumulate to provide me the, the income stream that I need and have I, have I been able to accumulate the, the bit that I needed yeah. to? In Look, this every, uh, everyone, everyone else is starting to do it. So you get your rates notice now and I notice that they show you how yeah. much water you've used <laughs> yeah, yeah. compared to the average household yeah. in your area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As a, in a graphical format, so yes. I mean, all, they could do it in so many different ways. Superannuation yeah. fund providers, they could they could actually say yeah, a little picture, yeah, a, little, little, a little graph of a of a supermarket or a Woolies logo or something with it. Well, you could do it. You could, yeah, thing. you could do it that way. You usually accumulate X amount of shares as a bar yeah. graph, and then yeah. they show a slightly bigger bar graph yeah. because of yeah. because prices were down on yeah. average during this period. So you I'm going to accumulate this many, many more shares. Yeah, it's it's one of those things they just don't do. Yeah, no, and that's. I think we, yeah, we've talked about this in one different ways, but the the thousand cows and the ten houses and and the the share of these companies, it's one of these things. I just want to make this point uh, as a way to for people to have just think about this. And it's obviously a very very simplified version here because we've just talked about these things as though they're not related at all, and that earnings and prices mm-hmm. are completely separate and all that kind of thing. But it's just about going, you know. What I'm, what am I trying to do over this last ten years of my working life? I'm trying to I'm trying to accumulate an asset base, and while I'm accumulating that asset base, I want prices to stay down. I don't care. I don't care if it drops by thirty percent. It's just a great buying opportunity. And then once we get to retirement, I've got this asset base. I just needed to spit out this income stream that I need. I don't care what the balance. I don't care what those prices do day to day, and that's where. You know, if you if you talk to a semi-retired farmer that's got a thousand cows in the paddock, he he really gets it. He just doesn't care. He does not care what what the price is of that breeding herd, you know, month to month or year to year. Even he just knows that he he's going to pull off this many steers every year. He's going to sell them, and that's what he's got to live on. Yeah. So so we have done some other podcasts as well that that burrow down into that further. Yeah. Um, one that recently we recently did was the shocking risk of term deposits. And that was uh, released in January 2021. 
So that actually goes through and shows someone that was able to accumulate enough to produce a thirty thousand dollar dividend from the from the companies that they own yep. in nineteen ninety. So they retired, they got a thirty thousand dollar dividend. Um, by the year 2020, that dividend had grown to $126,000 yep. um, without them accumulating one more share. We didn't even look at the value of the bundle of shares. No, because it doesn't matter. Period. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Now, it's gone up. It's yeah. gone up a heap, yeah. of course, yeah. because what that bundle of shares uh, that was paying them $30,000 in 1990 is now, in 2020, paying them $126,000. Of course, that's more valuable to someone. The price has gone up, but it doesn't. It's inconsequential. Yeah, it's inconsequential. It, it's that earnings that we that we live mm. on that we spend. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know whether that helps at all for people. Probably thinking, what's this lunatic talking about? Is he telling me to go out and buy a thousand cows? Or but it's it's really just a thought well, experiment. Or well, I think it, I think it's good because if there's more volatility in 2021 or 2022 which, or 2023, which, which there, there will be, be. <laughs> uh, which we know. Yeah, um, and if in. Yeah, even if one or two or a handful of people remember back to this podcast or revisit this podcast at that yeah, point in time see and that say, an okay, well, that's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be accumulating as much as this of this as possible, which you would because once you've decided this is my investment strategy, um, of course you want to accumulate as much of that as possible. Yeah. Uh, so so um, you see that as an opportunity when you when you do get that, that, that drop in price or that yeah. flat price that flattening of price for a period of time because you're just able to buy so much more at that period of time. Exactly right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.